Hello, this is my fifth podcast, and it is titled The Path of Discipleship or Esotericism. At the beginning of this podcast, we need to be reminded that the personal transformation and purification takes place and is not done overnight, nor even in a single lifetime, although considerable spiritual progress can take place. In essence, patience, persistence, and sincerity are necessary for this path to achieve positive results. So what are the results? The results are an expanded mind that derives deeper meaning from life situations with people, and a deeper connection with the soul and new possibilities for service can open up for you. In this podcast, the main topic is about the meaning of becoming a disciple and the path of discipleship. This will be a pre-talk of the concept of approaching crisis and initiation, which I'll cover in the next podcast. I should point out that the word disciple here is not associated with any particular religion or teacher, but that the disciple is sincere and conscientious in his own personal transformation. He is, uh, or he may or may not have a particular teaching or teacher he's following. What's important here is that he follows his intuition in his quest for penetrating the mysteries of the higher self. As we spoke about before on the probationary path, you as the aspirant have begun the purification process of your lower threefold nature. You continue the purification process, and in time you'll learn to consciously and willfully control any reactive energies or tendencies. Uh, you're still pulled by the forces and energies such as anger, lower desire, and selfishness, which are difficult to control, we of course know. but they often have an unknown and deep-seated origin. But you are learning to temper these in your consciousness with love, wisdom, and patience, hopefully also through spiritual study. It's important to realize that emotions are not to be silenced, but tempered away from reactivity, but work in combination with intelligent response. The path of discipleship or esotericism is different from the mystical and probationary stages, as a disciple is more serious and requires a deeper level of sincerity in consciously working with, within the intelligent mental field of the soul. Much of this work will take place or be done in meditation. On this path of purification, which is actually a continued path from the probationary stage, this is more advanced purification, your mind is becoming more dynamic and different things are happening, such as up until the third initiation, which I'll cover in the next podcast, you'll learn about, the individual has been astrally polarized, emotionally astrally polarized, not mental. That is, the personality has many personal drives to offset, mostly emotionally driven. On the path of discipleship, the disciple is learning to be focused on mental levels and not emotional. While this occurs, a bridge connecting the lower concrete or finite mind, this is the conceptual mind also, um, with the higher using the higher mind using the Antakarana. So the Antakarana is is made up of <clears throat> the life creative, and consciousness threads of the spiritual triad. Remember, we said the spiritual triad is the pure expression of will, pure expression of uh, intuition, 
um, or love and compassion. It's a pure reasoning capacity. And also the uh, manas nature, which is a Sanskrit term for the mental nature, which is the where the soul basically is connected at the spiritual triad. This, the higher aspect of the soul, the mental part of the soul, is called manas in uh, theosophical terms. So your personality is evolving and entering into a new and wider field of awareness of relationships, responsibility, and influence. And this is based on the concept of, as you meditate, you are allowing the subtle energies of the soul, the light of the soul, the light is composed of will and love and expression, higher intelligence uh, from the soul. You don't necessarily see these things, but you perceive them in your consciousness and also how it's transforming your lower mental, emotional, and physical selves. A major spiritual goal for the disciple is the second initiation as he learns to willfully control all of his lower desires and tendencies. The disciple has been doing this. He's been learning about um, been learning about control, personal control, self-control, but now he's training himself to mentally command his whole nature. Again, this is not to completely quell all emotion, but learn to control it and negate reactivity, but develop responsiveness. The life of the uh, disciple is characterized by a shift from the emotionally focused mind of the personality to a mental, mindful focus. At this stage, a considerable measure of control is established over the mental or, or the emotional and reactionary tendencies that we've said. The disciple, you, you as the disciple, are learning to create and express thought forms with purpose and intentionality. And you're learning to expand your mind using mental techniques. Mental techniques like, for example, uh, something called the technique of light, which is basically while you're in meditation, you're the observer, and you're consciously aware, and you just simply, you're in that space of beingness with the soul energy or the perceived higher self. In that light, the light of that energy that you perceive as the higher self you merge your personality and your difficulties. You got some hang-up and addiction. You got some problem and tendency of reactivity, some anger. And what you want to do is merge that energy and to sincerely want to cooperate with that soul energy for transforming that difficult energy. And that's called the technique of light. And it's basically merging the two energies together, merging your personality energy, the difficulty, and merging it with that soul's energy. It may take us several times uh, to do this and to overcome the energy, but this is a major uh, technique you can use to do this. And um, as meditation or communion with the soul has deepened, the soul's energies of understanding, intelligence, and love significantly drive your consciousness as a disciple. And how is this happening? While in meditation, the energy of buddhi, you're connecting with the buddhic plane. Remember, the soul is the bridge between the buddhic plane or the higher planes and you, the personality. And the buddhi from the plane of the intuition is gradually replacing the reactive emotional astral nature through the abstract mind. Your abstract mind is the conduit. You as a disciple will deepen your spiritual studies 
You'll want to know about the inner self and uh, understand how it works better. So you'll seek out different ways. Maybe you'll hear a teaching and hear a lecture. Maybe you want to study physical books. Um, the development of the intuition and discernment and discrimination in conscious consciousness is ongoing. These are these are tools in your consciousness or faculties which are developing. In summary, on the path of discipleship. You're deepening the practice of embodying soul values, that is, cooperation, goodwill, which is love wisdom, or intelligent loving, and harmlessness at every level of knowing and being. And this is an understanding of the meaning and difference of loving and the will to love. And this is akin to connecting with the heart and the mind together for service. As much as you as the disciple are successfully purifying your lower nature and you engage in service-related activity, you may also be recognized by the masters and guides. A hierarchy of masters, a hierarchy and the masters as custodians of the plan are interested in working with disciples who can serve as clear channels of communication to bring forth and concretize subjective ideas into outer material manifestation in serving the plan. So during this time, there's a constant need and emphasis for alignment, especially in the early stages for creating a channel of contact between your brain, your mind, and the subtle planes with the soul. Uh, meditation will facilitate this. So it's, um, this is what, this is a major thing in purification, because once you do, once you remove hindrances and blockages to recognizing who you truly are, then you can start feeling and knowing who you truly are. The masters will take notice, and they will help facilitate you uh, via your soul through something called soul urge. The soul says, well, if you're wanting to sincerely participate in this game of removing hindrances and blockages and learning about who you truly are as a spiritual being, then we will help you to do this. The, the guides, the prep masters, the soul, the ashram that you're part of, that you learn that you're part of eventually. Um, and you will get impressions about what to do in your service work. I want to reach out and help people. I want to help homelessness or help uh, displaced veterans or help with a food bank or something like this. Uh, initially, your threefold nature of what I call the pre-disciple is focused in the brain and connected with the objective world. In time, your consciousness will gradually expand as you'll come under the influence of the overshadowing soul, as we've said. With this process, the conscious path of discipleship begins. While your subjective life is expanding through deeper alignments, the building of the Antakarana, this rainbow bridge made up of the, your, uh, the, the, the uh, threads of uh, consciousness and the uh, life thread, and of course the creative thread too. What are you doing of your life? How can you, how can you create service and purpose? This is part of the creative thread. As a disciple, you're ever aware of the ebbs and flows of the subjective levels of perception. This could be an awareness of your emotional tendencies versus your mental approach. It could be that you're aware of the presence of the soul in meditation and its absence, although the soul won't, the soul won't be gone for long. 
because remember, the soul gives you life. So the soul has work on its own plane connected with the higher realms. It returns very quickly within a matter of uh, hours or a day or so. I've had this happen to me personally many times. At times, you will feel empty and seemingly without inner subjective support from the soul. When this happens, you must rely on your own ability, that is, your knowledge and experience for bringing forth illumination and knowingness through spiritual study into your outward life. So if you feel the soul, if you feel an absence of spiritual support or absence of the soul consciousness in your life, well, just go to your spiritual study, do your mantras, say your chants, uh, do whatever you need that you've already been building on to strengthen that spiritual part of yourself that you already know. And then the soul, when it returns, will just be there to support you, continue the support in expanding your awareness. With expanded perception, you'll find yourself between two worlds, and it will act as a dual consciousness, and you'll have a heightened awareness. It'll be through your physical, emotional nature, and then through your mental soul nature. By having a sense of these dualities and keeping them in close relation in your consciousness, you are establishing the needed synthesis for personality-soul integration. Your old point of view is changing and your new and increasing expanding spiritual perception of the soul is coming forth or ensuing. You know that the soul brings greater illumination to the brain via the mind, and this helps you to become more confident and effective in your service work. Or just the uh, sense of who you are as a being and a feeling of uh, more confidence and wonder in your life. During the early and intermediate stages of discipleship, you're becoming aware that you belong or are drawn to be associated with a group of workers at the ashramic level with whom you should cooperate as a team. This could also be people uh, whom you know and are connected with on the outer planes. If you don't have a physical plane association, your service work is helping to facilitate the work of the ashram whom are all working to serve the plan. So there's a concept also of attitude and right orientation. The disciples should also keep an open mind and realize that there are no shortcuts to spiritual development and illumination. You may at times feel extreme fatigue, emotional rebellion, or mental lucidity. As your consciousness integrates with the soul, you learn to hold a, a don't-care attitude or detached attitude of impersonality toward your emotional astral tendencies. You are mindful not to allow your emotional nature to react to any pain or distress. Obviously, this is not an easy process to work with. It's more an intermediate to advanced understanding of what you'll get to. So initially, you're going to stumble and fall, stumble and fall many, many times emotionally, and you're going to have to come to an understanding in your meditation and working as the observer that you're that your thoughts are energy and that you're working with how do I work with transforming these, which is basically a soul motivation energy in your consciousness for overcoming your difficulties. The difficult mo uh, motions are tolerated. They'll be lived through, but not permitted to produce any limitation in your growth. In time, you'll learn to live each day as a soul, free from fear or self-consciousness. 
The astral emotional body is rendered still and quiescent, but sensitive to intuition or impressions from the soul or a master or even guides. In the same vein, you must be ready to release anything that could block new impressions and the revelation of the subjective world. You'll find that maintaining a receptive attitude and living in a state of expectancy, knowing that new visions, ideas, revelations, and impressions will appear and can prove beneficial. At approximately midway on the path of discipleship, the disciple will come to a critical deciding point, which some call Initiation 2.5. Although the disciple has been seriously working on purifying his emotional and mental nature, there are still astral and lower mental tendencies that need transcending. These are involutionary energies that keep his consciousness, keep your consciousness, still under the influence of the dweller. At the same time, you feel strong draw, draw from the soul, the ashram, and the master. So the dweller is also called the dweller on the threshold. It's a it's a concept and it's a term that goes back to the early uh, early to mid nineteenth century, and it refers to the summation in a theosophical context. It refers to the summation of all the problems and aspirations and unfulfilled desires in your nature, and these will come up as you bring in more light from the soul. The power of the dweller will come forth and want to say, oh no, I don't want you to move forward. I don't want you to evolve. I want you to keep being connected with the physical form and the physical uh, environment. And so we're going to continue doing this. So this is this is a major energy which will come up in initiation initiation process. By continuing to allow uh, your lower tendencies to dominate you, that is on the path of involution, you delay your spiritual progress for any transformation within. Deciding to follow the inclinations of the soul and move forward on the path of evolution towards the ashram and the master, you will rapidly draw yourself uh, towards taking the third initiation. So this person here, this is more of a, this is a uh, certainly more advanced concept uh, that you're dominating, you're quelling your emotional reactive nature, you're quieting your mind, you're observing within, and you're being in the stillness and presence of the soul and allowing that energy to transform your lower self. After the third initiation, the disciple, as initiate, becomes increasingly aware of the synthesis happening in his consciousness as he has achieved a fusion between the soul and the threefold personality. In the advanced phases phases of the spiritual path, a disciple becomes the initiate as his mind and the lower threefold vehicles, bodies, are basically functioning as one. So his mental, emotional, and physical bodies are merged in consciousness with the personality in relation to the soul. So it becomes, you see yourself as one at that point. The initiation process is an advanced form of purification, and it overlaps with the probationary and discipleship paths. So in this advanced space, uh, going basically into the third initiation, the disciple initiate uh, was balancing the emotional reactive energies in the astral body. So he was dealing with emotional reactive issues. Now, in a much more advanced stage, he must deal directly with illusion 
at the mental level and reconcile these in his mental nature with the soul. Remember, the soul is the highest aspect of the mental plane. So you're working not with the emotional re-energies because you've already quelled those considerably. Not completely, you've just calmed them down dramatically. These represent some of the final obstacles and hindrances the disciple initiate must overcome in his mind to progress on the path. It is the soul on its own plane, that is, the higher mental plane, that reconciles illusion. Tackling illusion is done at the soul level. At this point, the disciple has accomplished a considerable amount of merging or fusion with the soul. Uh, the dweller, the dweller comes up and creates this energy for dealing with illusion. Remember, it's all the different uh, unfulfilled desires and thought forms and we, uh, things that you want that are really not important to the soul's transformative nature. So the mind of the disciple then becomes the burning ground and battlefield for transformation. So what is working out in the mind? Uh, the disciple initiate is reconciling dark tendencies in the mind with the dualities uh, clearly in mind. It draws the disciple to realize his struggle between his own selfish will and that of the higher divine will. To tread the path of evolution and higher transformation, he chooses to stand in spiritual being with the will of the higher self. At this stage, the disciple is probably already sensing the monadic pull, and he is now employing discrimination and dispassion in his mind to control all illusion. This is also a process that goes on for who knows how long, depends entirely on the the initiate disciple himself or herself. As you stand back and observe, the path of discipleship is when you become occultly aware of yourself and you begin to be mentally polarized. The dweller begins to exert an influence, as I said. Um, the disciple still has an attraction to matter and form and desires of the lower mind, also, which are also quelled, mostly quelled, but it still exists. So it is the dweller which wants you to stay attracted to the lower worlds, which is the matter, the energy, lower energies of reactivity, the emotional energies, and the matter of form. But the disciple initiate recognizes the pulls of both, and he's in duality and consciousness, and he stands in consciousness between the two great forces, the lower and the higher pulls. The dweller represents everything in the lower nature aside from the higher spiritual self. Like I said, it includes all unresolved problems, undeclared desires, lower potencies, and ancient habits. The dweller can be seen as a vitalized thought form made up of mental, astral forces, and vital energy. In short, this is the sum total of all unfinished business. So this podcast is concluded on the path of discipleship and before initiation. So in the next podcast, this discussion will continue with detailed info on the meaning of crisis leading up to spiritual initiation. And we'll, this will include also a description of each of the initiations.